Hey, what's up, awesome human? Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to invite you to be a guest on Authentic Influence Podcast. For founders and marketers of B2B services or software companies that want to get more leads and sales online, our B2B content audit interview will concentrate on coming up with practical ideas to assist you to improve the results of your content marketing. The ideal guest would be a founder or marketer of a six or seven figure B2B service or software business wanting to grow their website traffic and generate more leads online. This is all 100% free, so head on over to www.simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash live audit. That's simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash live audit and sign up for a content audit interview today. Now here's today's episode of Authentic Influence. Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth. The show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chansamu from Simple Creative Marketing. Uh, today, we are talking about how to grow a SaaS startup from zero to profitable on a shoestring budget. And I know a lot of you listeners are uh, really interested in this topic. Uh, so what I've got for you is someone who's actually done it. I've got Vedran Rasik from LeadDelta.com. Uh, so he's a serial entrepreneur and founder of the most loved B2B apps. Uh, I mentioned Lead Delta. He also uh, was the founder of AutoClose, which is uh, another SaaS product. Um, and Ved uh, has experience um, delivering successful products, you know, using go-to-market strategies, achieving targets, and building high-performance teams. So we're going to talk about all those things. Uh, and besides his undivided focus on Lead Delta currently as a CEO, Ved Angel invests and supports early-stage startups in his free time. And he's just a really cool dude, so I wanted to uh, bring him onto the show. So let's bring him on. Hey, Ved, thanks for joining us, man. Amph, this is a, this is a really good intro, man. I appreciate you. Good <laughs> morning, Australia. Good morning, Australia. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, seven thirty in the morning over here, or in Sydney, anyway. Um, and however, over, where where are you, and what time is it over there? I'm in the capital of Canada, in in Ottawa, and we are, uh, you know, at four thirty-seven p.m. So uh, it's still, you know, I'm still getting in my mood. You know, there's still uh, the second shift to be done. <laughs> That's awesome, Ottawa. Did you grow up in Ottawa, or have you? That's a, that's a good question. No, um, actually, I, w- I was born in Croatia, lived my life in Serbia, then lived in Austria. Now I'm in Canada. So I'm a, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur all the way, you know, I've, I've been moving all around. <laughs> that's cool, man. So uh, that's one thing we already have in common. So I lived in Toronto for three years uh, and also yeah. spent about three months in Montreal. Um, I true. went to, yeah, I did visit Ottawa in the winter when it was frozen, you know, the river f- was it a lake that freezes over and you go uh, uh scale around that? Yeah. 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 Now, here's a story that people, most people don't know. I, I, when I did that trip, I ended up uh, fainting on the ice and ended up in hospital with paramedics. Um, wow. I, had, I, had a, I had a seizure um, that triggered when I was on the ice with a few friends, buddies of mine, uh, and then woke up in the hospital going, what the F just happened? Uh, and, Not a good uh, memory of what I <laughs> 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 um, But, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I had other good times in, in Canada, of course. So, uh, yeah. awesome. How long have you been in, 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 in Ottawa? So in Ottawa, we, we just got a house here. Um, so we've been here for uh, maybe a year and a half. And then we spend like a few months in Europe as well. So we go back and forth, back and forth all the time. And we have an office in, in Europe as well. So um, so we spend a lot of time there. But I was, I was in Toronto previously. Uh, yeah. Great city. Uh, I mean, everything was... Um, Everything was affected by by COVID, um, and and obviously, oh. you know, restaurants, favorite restaurants closed, and you know they're trying to reopen now. So, but it's it's a beautiful city. Like both both Ottawa and Toronto are amazing. Like they they offer different things, and, and they're amazing. Both cities are great. Okay, so you you have to explain to me why would you go from a major big city where all you know events are happening? Of course, you're talking about. Of course, COVID's going to impact that. But why yeah. did you go to the capital, which uh, is a very I mean, it, it's a small biggish small city to in right comparison, comparison. Um, what, what yeah what brought you there i, I mean I, I love the questions and I, I love that you didn't ask me to introduce myself <laughs> you know i just i just don't like talking about myself that way i prefer talking about experiences and journeys so i appreciate this well it's it's actually very um so if if you folks listening to this if you go and look at the prices around toronto and generally in canada but but specifically toronto um you know you you'll see that the prices are just insane Right. So so for for a tiny little apartment, like maybe not even the one bedroom, you'd pay like, you know, six hundred thousand um, dollars. And, you know, for for a little bit more, you get the full house in Ottawa. So and and and, and you basically I mean, I'm not sure about the, my, my fellow Canadians, I would say. But, you know, to me, to drive four hours from Ottawa to Toronto or even to fly for for like 45 minutes is not a big deal. Um, and there's just, you know we feel calmer here. I am more focused on work, family and, and friends. And, and it's just, you know, it was, it was doable. It was probably the best thing that we've done uh, during the COVID times because, uh, because there was nothing else to be done in, in, in the city core. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, that that's such a cool uh, point you make there about just being able to focus on family, friends, work, these sort of things. Um, because, uh, you know, as a lot of our audience can relate to, being in the startup life or the entrepreneur life can be hectic uh, yeah. and you've got millions of demands you need to work through, particularly if you're the CEO uh, and you got, you know, you need that space to, to kind of chill. Uh, and then, you know, we'll talk about just your, your process uh, later on around how you do that, right. because what, um, this is something that always fascinates us. And it's one of the, the reasons people listen to this podcast is they actually want to know more about the mind of the entrepreneur. Um, the strategies are great, but they really want to get into, you know, how do you raise a family? How do you become an investor? How do you, um, how do you stay uh, right, right. Yeah. All <laughs> of that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. So totally, totally get the Ottawa, Ottawa decision. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, now let's talk about, you mentioned you have team members there in Canada and you also have some in Europe. Um, let, let's talk, give us a bit of a profile of, uh, lead Delta, um, the company and, and, uh, what does the team look like, and 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 you know, where is it at currently? So, so uh, you know, today's topic and and generally something that I developed uh, as a as a as a lecture that I that I do you know that I that I help on, on on different conferences is basically you know how do you go from from zero to one, and and Lee Delta is a perfect example because even to this day, uh, it's a very simple uh, Chrome plugin tool for LinkedIn, right? So it's a it's it's a crowded market. So we had to position ourselves really well, and and we did it with no with no budget, right? With no big dollars, we we basically went from from unknown company to a number one uh, Chrome plugin for LinkedIn for as a CRM on, on Chrome, etc. So 
how do we achieve that? We're going to talk more about the process and, and, and all that. But basically, you know, Lead Delta is your 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 social social uh, capital manager, as we like to call it. We truly believe in social capital. We believe in networking. We believe that that your network is really your net worth. Um, and and I've seen that previously at at at, um, at Oracle's, right? So Lead Delta was a perfect example of stripping down a Mercedes Benz and turning it into a skateboard. And then, you know, slowly, gradually talking to the market, listening to the market, and then building on top, you know, starting it really in a lean way, in a lean fashion. And, and the best part is we all think, especially the, 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 the young entrepreneurs, we think when we are starting these products that, you know, the features need to be like 10 times better, that we, they need to be cumbersome, it needs to be complex, you know, all these things. But it doesn't, you know, you just need to nail one tiny feature that people need, you know, solve one tiny problem and move your way up from there. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of how we how we started. Now, you said something really cool about just finding one tiny problem and then solving that. So uh, just for background, you had a, yeah. another startup before that you had a different SaaS, which is auto close. Um, how long was that running for? And what was that product? So to, to approximately two and a half years, um, and, and AutoClose was an email engagement tool. Um, you know, one of the strategic decisions we made at AutoClose um, is, is, is basically to stay focused in the, on the email engagement and email automation. Uh, and we did that really, really well. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, again, it, it helped us to stay bootstrapped, to acquire a whole bunch of niche customers uh, and small teams that really wanted to get their emails going from, from zero to one, like as soon as possible. And, and we got the company acquired like within two and a half years um, and, you know, an amazing team, amazing company. So uh, so I basically took all the lessons from that business and I applied it into into uh, Lead Delta. Can you talk a little bit about the, the acquisition process? Like, how did that happen? Were you shopping it around thinking that you're going to sell the, the, the company or was it more a case of someone was like, hey, we really like what you're doing and... and you know, maybe they were a, a client already, a customer of the product, and they said, hey, uh, Ved, I'd like to talk to you, potentially buying the business. So how did that come about? So we were we were actually at a conference uh, here in Ottawa. Uh, it was a SaaS North conference. And we weren't honestly uh, looking around at all. Uh, we're just trying to grow the business. Um, and uh, a 10x larger uh, company in the space, uh, you know, they've been in the space for like 15, 20 years, Vanilla Soft. Uh, they approached us at the booth, and as a matter of fact, Sean was there uh, uh, with uh, with Adrian, and I was actually at inside of the keynotes, and uh, you know, just trying to meet folks there. Um, and uh, the Vanillasoft guys approached us, and uh, you know, we, we we started like you know chit chatting. We started like having more serious and more serious conversations. You know, then we started exchanging intel uh, on both products and how the future might look like. And, you know, then the, the rest is history. But uh, but basically, you know, the process was pretty straightforward. It was a bit more, uh, it was lengthy, I'd say, comparatively, because there was no intention right away, right? Like it was just like, right. you know, it might be an opportunity. Um, and, and I think the reason, the reason we decided uh, to sell is because it was a good deal. It was a good fit. Um, and, you know, COVID just started. So it was really, it was unknown where the, where, where the world is headed into. And, 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 the reason we were successful is because we were single channel. We were very narrowly focused, but we knew that multi-channel, so stacking email, you know, SMS, phone, like all together would be more helpful to salespeople. And we figured out that we have a perfect solution for Vanilla Soft to actually go multi-channel. So we, we figured that out, like, you know, it, it might be really a good fit. 
and so let's let's just do it right um so and and i stayed at the company for like a year did my contract and now i'm um then i started lead delta as a side gig side project um and uh yeah now i'm growing that that's really interesting like what what would you say were your main i guess two or three lessons from the process of selling a business because that's something that um, i'm sure having gone through that process now uh, you you actually kind of looking at uh your current business as you know okay if, if i were to sell this you know in, in x number of years uh, i know these things need to line up i need to have these things in the checkbox ready to go right, right. so what what did you, what were those things that were, were uh, kind of new to you or what did you learn about selling a business that you probably didn't know before so so first things first like everything was new right because i, I never sold a business before uh uh let alone uh, a SaaS business um and so what what did i learn from it uh you know culture fit is very important um it's still relatively fresh right so we can probably revisit this in a, in a year uh, and talk a bit more about it but uh, i think culture fit is is very important um it's really uh, you, you got to understand the the objectives of, of, of both sides and especially if you're getting acquired you need to understand like you know what is what you know what are what are the why, why are you getting acquired right is it is it uh the, the numbers is it the, the the product you know is it uh, uh you know the team like what 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 is the reason why we're getting apart and for sure it's all these things together but what is one principal thing why you're interested to the other party um and then you know trying to align on that and, and you know kind of see what what the next six months to a year look like uh to me like team is obviously very important so um so i really wanted to make sure that the, the teammates especially uh in the outside of canada offices are are settled in um, and are taken care of. So, so that was, that was really important to me. And, and I would say like, because we have so much materials out there about the acquisition, about the, the whole process, you know, honestly, nothing was unfamiliar. It's just like the, the nitty gritty process, you know, how, how do you work it out with lawyers? How do you negotiate a contract? Which points in the contract are important, not important, etc. So those are, you know, what do you want to get out of that? You know, all these things are, are, are kind of important. And like I said, like it's still relatively fresh and I'm sure we can revisit the topic at a later stage. But, uh, you know, this it's, it's a little bit generic, but, uh, you know, it's you just want to make sure that, you know, the, where the interests lie of the other party. I think that is the most important thing. So you don't get you know screwed up or or you don't get um, into into a relationship that you don't want to have. I think that is the most important thing. Yeah, I think that that's a really really good point um just to i guess if you frame it as uh it's a relationship that doesn't just because you you sell the business you, you don't disappear like you mentioned you stayed on with the company for one yeah. or two years afterwards um to yeah. support the transition you're still helping your team you still care about those people obviously um and you also care about the partner to make sure that you're setting them up for success uh in, in that in that move um a common question you know in this space is okay well how do you determine um, I, don't, I don't need you to disclose numbers but um how do you determine a multiple what do you what is the selling price and how do you ensure you get a fair selling price um and so was that support of lawyers did you talk to mentors how did you come to that you know arrive right. at that point? I, I would say mentors for sure like talk to people who've done that before um but it really depends on the market like, are you selling a business in Australia, Canada, or the U.S., right? Who are you selling it to? Is it a public company? And, and again, what is their interest in it, right? If, if, if they have a very particular interest and, 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 and you can calculate how much it would take them to build the product themselves, 
you know, you can you can deduct from there and, and figure out like what can be the fair multiple and what would what would make sense, what would be a win-win for both sides, right? Um, I in, in my honest opinion, I, I think you can always get more in the marketplaces that are uh, a bit more kind of prone to risk, like such as United States. And I remember even in my previous venture before um, AutoClose, a venture that we completely crashed, um, I was I was actively looking to raise and talking to the U.S. Um, uh, VCs and, and and U.S. angel investors and Canadian angel investors. It was totally different. That was like five years ago. And now you know that gap is 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 is, is kind of getting closer together. But you still. In the United States, you have more risky capital and people are willing to bet on people and teams, et cetera. And same thing for companies. They're willing to overpay not to lose the opportunity. So if they're set on something, they're just going to do it, uh, you know, within the three to six months and 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 you're going to get a fair chunk uh, for for your for your startup. But again, it depends what they want. Right. Maybe you have maybe you have awesome books. Maybe you have an awesome product. Right. Which probably tend to go uh, well together. Maybe, you know, maybe you have some you know machine learning engineers that you can't get out of otherwise uh, and and you penetrated one market really well and you have really really good people personnel um so they want to acquire you for the team it really depends and then you can do a calculation you for sure want to advise and talk to people who are doing that as as, as part of their job um, i can't explain how that's like super important because i have one of our advisors um, is is based out of you know he, he was in Silicon Valley and now he came back to Canada and you know he's been seeing this and doing deals for the past ten years so of course he knows better than me you know honesty so um, so I'll definitely go to him and and, and run my thoughts by him etc so well yeah that's amazing man it's well, well done um, I'm sure there's a whole wiki whole whole separate yeah. episode on that at a later date um, because I think that's uh, it, it, that's really fascinating. Now let's jump into uh, you know you you went from selling the company to moving to a new one uh, or you started uh, as that was happening you started this 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 product called Lead Delta uh, right. as you explained it it's a CRM tool um, really helps you with uh, building relationships on you know and and through a platform called LinkedIn which a lot of us know what that is of course um, how did you uh, so let's let's talk about practically how did you then go from okay that's the idea to launching that uh, and what, what did you learn along the way or what, what can our listeners here, you know, who are thinking of launching a SaaS, uh, what should they be focused on when you're in that launch phase? There's so much to unpack there, uh, man. And, 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 you know, one of the things is if I knew, um, you know, what's going to happen in the next year and a half and, and whatnot and how much, how much uh, work there is to be done. And if I, if I reflected uh, on, on the early stages, I would have probably said like, nah, let, let me do something else, right? Uh, and it's, so that's why I think one of the first virtues of, uh, of an entrepreneur is like, you're passionate about the problem. You wanna solve the problem and you don't care about the costs. Uh, this is something that you pivot, that you figure out along the way. So you, 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 know, you obviously start with an idea, um, then you start spotting trends, which is I think super, super important actually. I launched a, a poll on LinkedIn um, the, the other day, and, and everybody says like team is the most important, but the data says that that the uh, uh, timing is the most important, right? So I think it was the right timing because I believe that you know LinkedIn is a great platform. Throughout AutoClose, we basically built and grew um, AutoClose on LinkedIn, um, but I also noticed some trends. I noticed that people are getting sick and tired of spam. Um, I noticed that social selling is the thing as per Gartner, you know, 80% of B2B sales will 
uh, occur online by 2023, 2025. Um, so, so basically, you know, I, I looked at that. Then I looked at all the solutions that were on there on the market. And I, I've seen that it's all about automation. It's all about automating follow-ups, automating this, that, right? But there's no signals. Um, I, I bet nobody would care about automating their whole uh, their whole job. But what they care about is getting the right signals uh, uh, and acting on those signals. So I was like, we scaled down all that cumbersome operation into a single unique organizational tool. And we launched it immediately as soon as I got the first version after a month of stripping things down and redesigning some parts of the code. Uh, we launched it just to get the feedback. And so this is this is the key, right? Like launching your, your, your baby uh, uh, like as soon as you have something and let the market judge it. Because the first, if you look at the bell curve, the first leaders, the first movers that will purchase your product uh, will give you feedback and, you know, will care about your product. Most probably won't be there maybe, you know, a year and a half, two years from, from that point. So, you know, just launch it, just release it and, and listen to the market, right? That was, that was the key thing that we did. And it was probably the best thing ever because in my previous business before AutoClose, we spent like $150,000 on a beautifully designed product. It had everything that we thought is important and we couldn't sell it. And so we bankrupt the business. So, <laughs> so it was a hard one lesson. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a tough lesson, man, but uh, I think an important one. Uh, it certainly helps, you know, shape. See, the thing about you being a serial entrepreneur is that you don't give up, right? So you're like, okay, well, that didn't work, but that's a huge lesson. Uh, and this is something, you know, for our listeners here is, you know, some things are gonna fail, man. Like that's just the, that's the reality of business and life. Um, but but it, it, it's, it's how you, as you say, pivot and, and how do you, you know, do you care enough about that problem to go and solve it, right? So- yeah, that's um, very important, right? Like, because yeah. when, I, when I first saw one, one thing, and we probably should say is, um, so we, we didn't build the Delta from the ground up. I went to the marketplace and, and while we were selling uh, articles, I was like, I mean, I'm generally passionate about software. I keep purchasing software. I keep buying, you know, subscriptions, lifetime uh, deals and whatnot. I just keep exploring, you know, what people are building. It just amazes me every time. Um, and I get a lot of new ideas uh, by doing that. So, and I spotted a product, uh, a German, Germany-based developer, he built a uh, LinkedIn tool that was super freaking ugly on the front. But I saw that the backend was really, uh, you know, complex and 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 useful. And he was like, "I'm selling it. Like, I don't know what to do with it, right?" So we acquired the code base, and that's why I said, like, we stripped it down from Mercedes Benz to like a, you know, skateboard, um, and we just polished it. So, so that's that's how we started. How do you do that if you're not a technical? uh entrepreneur so if you don't have the coding skills if you don't you know if you don't have that ability right. to just look at the back end and go that's good uh, yeah what, what, do you, what would you recommend in that scenario that is that is a good one so i, I i'm not a I, you know I, I graduated from the university of economics and 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 you know like it's you know um i, I wasn't into into tech um uh, I, I started in tech like 10 years ago but uh that wasn't my my major uh however it is important to figure out who you are Right. So are you a business person or are you a, 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 you know, are you a producer? So do you produce or do you sell? There's no third thing in, in, in a startup. You either produce or you or you sell. So that's the first thing you need to figure out. Then you need to figure out um, who you need to partner up with. Right. If you're a business person, you're a tech person and the other way around. If you can do everything yourself, that's also doable. That's possible. Um, my personal opinion is that, you know, life alone is generally hard. 
um, let alone running any battles like startup market battles and whatnot. So it's always much exponentially easier if you can figure out a way to work with somebody, right? So that's why I would say if you're not a tech person, do not worry. There's a lot of tech person, tech people who, who don't know what they're doing. So why don't you match make, right? Um, and so, you know, then you go and, and, and try and build it. Then you go and try and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, ship the product. But those are the first two things. Yeah. Figure out who you are, figure out what you need, right? Absolutely. Because it's, yeah, it, it, I don't want to pretend that I know how to code. Uh, when I'm talking to a developer, I've been doing it for, <laughs> for 10 years and they're like, yeah, this guy's full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you want to make, you know, it's like if you buy a car and you have no ideas about engines, right? Like right. you, you want to make sure you have someone that's with you that, that can actually look at that. Right. right? Um, right. And you can, you yeah. can always find somebody like it's, it's just so easy in these communities. There's so many communities out there. Um, and I mean, we can like every, 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 uh, sentence can be a topic in its, in its, in itself, but I think it's very important to find a, a co-founder, um, and, and have someone. Uh, for good and, 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 and bad times, you know, to help and support you and vice versa. So absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into the, the like, how do you go from zero to profitable? What, what was that journey like? How long did it take you to do that with Lead Delta? Uh, and right. can you break that down for, for our audience here? So, so there, there are a couple of things that are that are actually really, um, really useful here. Um, so how we started, like we started with a, with a code base, right? Um, then I gathered the team, we started to work as soon as we had something operational that was 50% of the time working, we released it, we launched it. Um, in the meantime, practically, I, I literally had a landing page. Um, and this is the first time, actually, that I really tested the copy copywriting, right? So I really tested the message because my message was, you know, that professionals, namely, um, you know, CEOs, digital creators, they want to have a better experience uh, managing their connections on LinkedIn, that was very specific. That was a, a, a you know kind of tiny niche of people, but I just let it out there. And then I started using my media skills, which is exactly what we're doing right now. You know, you go on podcasts, you go on shows, you penetrate tiny groups. So you 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 don't need to make a partnership with a you know um, half a million people group. Uh, you can make a partnership with with someone running a you know fifty you know to hundred people Facebook group and go and try and make that relationship happen, uh, especially if your target audience is there. So you make an assumption, you go and execute, um, and you try and get some traffic to that landing page, see if people are converting and whatnot. We use the viral, viral loops, I think it's called, the, the product, to basically um, um, ask people to, to invite and then promise a discount if they invite like two or three more people. And in all honesty, like we didn't have crazy numbers, but I did have a timeline, deadline, and I had a number. And the number was, as soon as I have 250, um, we're going to release the product. And, and at the same time, the product should be you know, done uh, to, a, to an extent. So we released it immediately, like within a month and a half. I collected my, actually, I had 300 users uh, initially. Um, and this was all through personal network and referrals. And now figure this out. Like, you know, I, 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 you know I'm not North American. I, uh, you know, I have an accent. I, uh, you know there's nothing special about me. So you can't say, oh, but you have a network, right? I do. I built LinkedIn for the past 10 years. I built my network. I, I do have some emails. I do have some um, social signaling and social networks, but like nothing too crazy. So basically the whole point is, is if I can do it, you can do it too, right? So, so people started coming. And then the next thing you want to have on the product, you want to have as many forms as possible, as many options for your users to leave feedback. 
Um, and as soon as someone would, and, and I would do that all that manually, right? Like you, Google form, like don't overthink this. You just need to make it happen. Um, so as soon as someone would join, uh, we would we, we actually built a tiny bot that would send them to our Slack. So I would immediately try and schedule manually with no automation, a meeting through Calendly with them uh, to get them on a 10 minute call. So three weeks in, and I have on that, on that very Zoom call, I have an ex-CIO of Bosch, Germany. And, and then I have a, a guy with random XYZ123 at gmail.com. Um, but because I know they're, 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 they're LinkedIn, I figure out that he's an executive at Visa. Now, how in this world I got to these people, I, I don't even know. But my best guess is that it's because of the copy. The copy resonated with the right people. So this was the first time in my professional history that, you know, copy really matched the product and the expectations. So a lot of these folks came. I interviewed them for 10 to 15 minutes, always put a deadline. Um, and this was a very useful tactic uh, in product management and product development for the first, I would say, 80 to 100 um, interviews because after that we started having diminishing returns because people were just repeating themselves and it was just completely not useful. Um, but you don't even need that. Like you need 10 good interviews with, you know, vetted people that can help you take your product to the next stage. And then, you know what, go back to work. Um, so, so, well, how do you sustain the business? Do you go and raise? What, what do you do? Well, um, what we did, uh, we knew AppSumo. And uh, interestingly enough, even though they know me from before, they were like, oh, man, the product is just not ready. <laughs> so the AppSumo, by the way, for, for those of you guys listening and who don't know, the AppSumo is a, is, a, is a large network of entrepreneurs. You basically, you know, you chip in with like 50, 100 bucks, you know, 150 bucks, and you get the product for a lifetime. So uh, if they succeed and if they become MailChimps of the world, uh, you know, uh, you know, then then you know your your investment paid off, right? Because you you have unlimited access to the product and whatnot. So it's a it's a really cool bunch. Um, and and um, as an entrepreneur who builds product products, um, you know, it, you can really acquire some early user base and 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 some substantial amount of money or early funding uh, that can take you to the next stage. That's exactly what we did. Um, they rejected us a few times because the product wasn't ready. So what I did, I went to an AppSumo Facebook group that works with AppSumo, um, and I made a deal with them. So within a week, we sell like, I don't know, like 500, 600 licenses. Uh, and then I take the screenshot and I send it to them. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> love it. Love it. And, uh, and they were like, okay, let's do it. So we did it. It was a it was success, uh, not like a major success, but it, it was really good. I think we were we were in the top twenty percent, like top ten percent maybe. Um, and uh, you know we got ourselves early funding. And again, if you know how to treat that community, I mean you can you can just you can do really well for yourself. Um, and so we built like a, almost like a year worth of um, runway from from that campaign then we launched on product hunt and we can we can talk more about all that and how do you make a transition from that to subscriptions that's a whole nother story but that that's a very lean and easy way how you can start well i'd like to just dig in a little bit on the AppSumo deal because i've heard you know from different um entrepreneurs who've launched on there some had success some didn't um hmm. but what 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 was your mindset going into that was it purely let's let's acquire the goal here is to acquire 
250 customers or 500 customers like what was it for you what was your success metric and what were you willing to give up so one of the complaints i hear about appsumo is well you you're gonna you know you're gonna uh, have to give up uh, a certain percentage of profit or you have to give up something um you know and, and they and they, they have obviously their requirements you know right. when they're betting potential startups to put on there um so what what was it for you to that gave you the green light to say yeah this is this is worth the investment and the time and the energy yeah um so so i, I had a very clear uh vision of what i want to get out of it um and to me uh so, so it depends on the product right like if your product is is usage based um and 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 it, it, you know if you're giving up like a huge amount of space um uh to to uh you know absumo users who will have a lifetime and you you need to do the math obviously in that case in our case it was it was basically you know no no high additional costs except that you get you know people to write to your support then you have to support them and it makes sense obviously this is this is i would say a big um a big uh, negative of of of, um, of Absumo because you know people are demanding and they expect the world from you even though you're just yeah. starting. Not everybody, but like those twenty or thirty that make your your life hell. <laughs> but we knew how to treat these guys, right? Like we know we knew. I mean, I, I buy a whole bunch of tools on Absumo. I never write to support. I never bother anybody. But uh, but you know, and we get it. We interestingly understand how these guys think, and and so so we prepared for that. Uh, but on the on the contra contrary side, uh, we we you know we acquired the enough money that we needed to basically bootstrap to crowdsource uh, the, the the further development. So that was big for us. Secondly, you acquire two to three thousand users immediately. Oh boy, right? Like that is that is huge. Like within two months, you stress test your entire platform with two or three thousand people. And 50% of their feedback is actually useful. The best part about uh, what I just said is, is, you know, of knowing sumo links or how they call app sumo folks is because, again, they're on the bell curve. They're sitting at the very beginning. So they're willing to go an extra mile and to give you a feedback that's not even impacting them. They're giving you feedback that they've seen somewhere else works and whatnot. And if you choose carefully, that can be extremely valuable. Plus, you get a whole bunch of reviews. You get a whole bunch of value from 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 people on Absumo and other platforms. So I think it's it's just extremely useful to launch there in most instances. If you're a SaaS B to B, almost most definitely, right? Um, if you're bootstrapping, right? Yeah. So I think a couple of points that that sort of stand out to me is one: make sure you've got the capacity to do the the engagement responding to the questions you get you know all these questions on on AppSumo, right. but also for your customer support so that's gonna if you're gonna get inundated with 2000 requests and you don't have capacity to handle that uh yeah. that you're gonna have to hire someone or you know i assume that it was you doing all the response to that or did you have someone on your team doing that so i, I had someone on my team but also i did a whole bunch and it's so it's it's, it's so challenging but i i knew what to expect right it, it just yeah. just that was don't put a developer on that like <laughs> you had a very poor experience with that where people just went accusing each other then it you know it became a pr crisis and, and all yeah. that in, in lee delta's case i knew what to expect so i just I, I treated people with respect that's it like i don't care how much you paid you, you you paid and you expect something that's fine i just like there was one guy and i don't think he was even from AppSumo. he was just intolerable he was just not polite like completely, completely rude, I'd say. Um, and I, I said, like, I don't need your money. Like, stop bothering my, my teammates. You know, 
we don't want to we don't want to see you on the platform take your money back right like that's it so you need to be clear with the bullies but almost everybody else and like i said like out of 2000 people just one person arose is because how i treated them and how i set the expectations um and, and which is one important point guys like if you think so marketing changes all the time right mm-hmm. um and i think what's really trendy right now because how market evolved is what i call the fair marketing you know people are people are not stupid so if you keep promoting the same thing and keep creating the momentum every week you know people will be like ah this is bs i'm not going to act on this because the same deal will be available next week and the next week and the next week and because i figured that out i i started writing to people i started ab testing one email would be like you know uh, uh, you know, this deal is expiring tonight. It's never coming back again, et cetera, et cetera. And the other email would say, you know, just below the CTA, don't worry if you miss this one out, we'll probably have something similar in the next two weeks. Right. And we had the same amount of conversions, if not more on what I call the fair marketing. And then I just started, I started doubling down on that because um, I, I figured out that, you know, people would respect uh, if you're being honest with them. Uh, but you still need to create that marketing momentum and uh, and ask people to, to kind of convert and, you know, give them the easy steps how to do it. Uh, but I think just we're at that stage where there's no need to bullshit anymore. There's no need to, like, exaggerate. Like, you know, just find the right audience for the stage you're in and that's it. And treat them with respect. Yeah, Man, I love that. Um, I really appreciate what you're calling fair marketing. I think that's um, transparency. That's really just saying, hey, you know what, like, we're not going yes, to try and FOMO yes. the crap out of you and just say this yeah. deal is going to disappear in one week and you got to, you know, put all your money in it. I think it's, uh, yeah. say, we've seen enough of it now where we say, okay, well, look, if it's not going to come on AppSumo, maybe I'll look at product hunt and it's going to go up on there at some point, or maybe it's going right. to be on somewhere else. Um, or if I'm already subscribed to your email list, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get offers from you. So it's, it's, you know, <laughs> um, you got to just, yeah, just be transparent with that and say, okay, look, yeah. this deal will end and, and this is what's coming, but you may change, tweak the deal a little bit because it is, you know, you want to have it different in some way um but i appreciate it. that's really cool what's now you've really, gone from yeah go ahead. what's really important there man is, is like you what you want to do is uh you, you also want to keep your word so if i say there's no more ltds that means there's no more ltds so i trained people to get to that stage so now when i say like don't worry about it like you know we're, we're like because why do you care how how much something costs the value is what's important. So we keep increasing the bar, value bar and the price bar all the time. We keep changing it all the time. So if you miss it this time, don't have money or like it's not the right time, don't worry about it. We're going to be around. So I think loosening up that uh, peak moment where you just need to do everything now in this moment is like, why? And there's so many customers, so many users, and you don't need too many. Like to be a million dollar business, I mean, do a calculation. That's like, you know, 83,000, 85,000 um, in MRR, like, you know, divide that by the, the price, the price customers have to pay and, you know, get, get how many customers you need. Like it's, it's not a lot. So why pushing people? Yeah. And you also want the, the right type of, if we're talking about recurring, you want the right types of buyers who are going to see the yes. value in the product. They're going to utilize it. And then, you know, they're going to stick around and refer. Whereas yes. if you're looking for the bargain hunters and you're going to get bargain hunters on AppSumo because that's why we're there. A lot of us are just like, exactly. we want the deal. Um, but, you know, there's also a percentage that are legitimately your ideal customer who want to, you know, utilize the product. So, um, yeah. Uh, cool. So you, you've, we've gone to the launch phase. How do we go from launch to grow? All right. So how do we then 
piggyback off that, you know, what sounds like a very successful uh, offer to then going, okay, well, now we need to, to make sure that we're, we're supporting these, these onboarding these new customers, supporting them, and then also now growing over the next 12 or 28, 20, you know, whatever, 18 months. So what did you do next? It is, it is really important to understand the benchmarks. Uh, so for instance, we are a, um, we're a store of record in a way. So once you get on lead Delta and you input all the tags and notes and you know things, you're not gonna churn unless we do something really bad. So our churn at the moment is like 3%, 3.2%. So it's very low for a startup that just started basically. Um, and so, so it's really it's important to understand who you are again at this stage in you know time, and then it's important to understand who's going to get the most value out of out of uh, out of your product. Well, much like you said, so you need to get from uh, you know the assumption of who's gonna who's gonna like this, who's gonna stick around, uh, to actually proving that. So in that case, you're gonna go to uh, you know you're gonna start hiring your customer success. I think these days customer success is more important than than sales. Because once you start getting these people in, especially if you are, are a product-led, uh, 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 if you're PLG, right, product-led growth type of company, in that case, uh, you definitely want to have customer success because the whole point is when people get on board, when they pay to make them successful in the platform, make them buy more or refer more or both, right? So I think that is one of the first hires you want to have. Um, and so, um, so I think that's very important. Another thing that's very important is that you don't lean on sale. Go ahead. Well, then I just want to just uh, narrow in on a key point you made here around why customer success is more important than sales, right? So how do you differentiate those roles, right? So what's the difference between a salesperson and a customer success person? Right. So so like I said, a salesperson traditionally, right? Like, and, and let's not even talk traditionally. So a salesperson to me in a startup is a full stack, much like you have a full stack developer, you have a full stack salesperson. That means they're able to source basically find leads and find opportunities. They're able to get them on a demo or get them to sign up for a trial and convert them. Once they convert them, customer success will take over to make sure the onboarding checklist is done to make sure those two, three key features that you know create the stickiness moment are being used. In our case, it's tags. You know, it's not super easy to implement tags, but once you implement them, you use them, you like it and you come back because no other platform would offer you something like that. So, so to us, customers has first task is to get on a call with you. That's like, that can be five, 10 minutes. It's just important that you create that cadence with a customer, especially it doesn't matter, small or big. It, it really doesn't matter at this stage, right? You need to get the feedback, you need to get the reviews, you need to get the um, uh, affiliates and referrals. So those are the key benchmarks of a person um, of a person doing the onboarding. So if you if you deduct from the the, the, the goals objectives of the role, um, you can you can figure out what what that person needs to do. And they absolutely need to make sure that a customer is using the product and is happy about the product. Um, so that that's why that's why I think it's it's more important to keep the person and expand, land and expand, than to get the new customers. Um, so so yeah, that's 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 one strategy. Um, the other thing that I can tell you guys is uh, is don't lean. So for most businesses, you should not lean on ads um, because there are so many communities that you can and should penetrate where your customers hang out. Um, and there's lots of forms of, uh, of leverage. One of the form of leverage is media, right? So you can you can record ten videos. You can you can do you can do shows like this, 
and you can keep reusing that content over time and serve as a source of information for your users. Um, and so you can basically connect the onboarding with the value that you provide with what industry needs. So if you combine all these different wheels, uh, you can get a whole bunch of customers in a PLG product-led fashion uh, to convert to your product without a need to hire you know, expensive salespeople or, or, or anybody, pretty much. Yeah, super important point. Um, we're going to wrap up real soon, but I, I wanted to just touch upon um, your what you learned from the product product hunt experience. Like what 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 makes that worthwhile uh, as an effort, um, and and how like did you? What was the strategy behind going on there? Was it you know just to get that little logo that you can stick on your website? Was it like what what you know? And how does that differ to an AppSumo launch? Like what's the difference between the two? Well, it's, it's a great question. Um, interesting now that you, you're mentioning that. I was asked like five, six times in the last week, how do you launch successful campaigns on Pranahan? So last weekend, I told my wife, so, okay, I'm going to do a weekend hackathon. So I recorded a two-hour course, a masterclass, not a course, a masterclass on how to run product hunt campaigns, and, and we can do something for our audience later. But the whole goal of product hunt is to figure out, again, what is the objective? Are you trying to get a little logo, a product uh, product of the day, um, or are you trying to get the most traffic? Are you trying to get the most money out of it? Like It really depends what you want to optimize for. But all I want to say is you don't need a hunter, so you don't need someone to hunt your product. You can basically go and launch it yourself. Um, you do need to have some kind of audience. So that's why I, I prefer that you build up some kind of the audience by the means of media, uh, joining other Facebook groups and getting more users. Once you have enough, get out of that beta, launch it on Product Hunt um, um, and, and, and basically accumulate more of that goodwill and, uh, and PR. So what basically Product Hunt does, it will, it will peak your traffic most definitely. Um, if you execute it properly, you know, we made like 20, 20K in a day from Product Hunt. Again, you need to know your audience. So if you're trying to sell a well-established product on Product Hunt, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, it's like you might get some praise, you might get some PR, but that's not going to happen. Uh, but if you're starting something new, novel, or you're doing a, your own iteration on a certain problem, uh, and you're at the very beginning, give a good discount to Product Hunters. You know, they're going to act on this. They're your early bunch. Again, if you look at the, the, the bell curve, they're your early bunch. Um, so treat them that way. Um, and they're gonna get give you a lot of love. Uh, we, we got like, I don't know, like 3,000 visits. So we went from like, you know, 30, 40 visits per day to like 3,000. Um, we converted a whole bunch. Um, and uh, my whole goal was to get that uh, get that logo because that was relevant to my audience. So but yeah, but there's there's a lot more in the course if you if you care about it. Where can people access that course? Uh, so it's actually let me type it in in a, in a private chat and then you can then you can yeah. launch it. Uh, it's bed.gunroad.com. Uh, we tried this link. Okay, cool. That's uh, that's going to be very useful for a lot of our listeners. Um, yeah, I get that. Kind of, I mean, I'm not. I'm not even. I haven't even done a launch of product hunt, but people are like you talk about these SaaS founders, man. How do they do it? So uh, I'm just bringing it up on the screen. Let me see if I can flip this over. Um, For sure. Uh, listen, and, and people keep asking me this, and, and let's let's do actually something. Um, just give me a second here. So 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 yeah, I mean, product hunt is amazing, and and I keep getting asked like, and it, it's so funny because. 
people who are just beginners are asking me, hey, Ned, you know, how do you like how do you how do you run successful campaigns, right? And then folks who are running like a million dollar businesses are like, well, how do I do it? And so it's just it's just very funny. Um, and um, and and let's actually do something live while we're here. Um, I want to actually do something for our audience. Uh, give me a sec. Look at this. Aren't we aren't we creators? Of well, absolutely. Hacking. <laughs> it's happening now, people. <laughs> happening now. Uh, so what I want to do for you guys for the next 25 uh, customers, we're going to do a little code. So let's do this. Um, apply this code and we'll get you a uh, you know, 50% off to the next, uh, to the next, uh, let's do uh, 20 uh, customers. So let's do that. Perfect. Hey. All right. So uh, for those listening, let's let's uh, most likely going to hear it on the podcast. So uh, I'll put the URL in the show notes. Uh, basically, uh, you just head to ved.gumroad.com. Um, uh, do you need the rest of the URL, or can if they go there, can they get to the? Oh, they can just uh, they can just use yeah. the first part. Yeah, ved.gumroad.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, and yeah, this is the first product because in all honesty, like this is. I mean, I, I'm playing with this because obviously it's not about making money. Honestly, here it's just about committing, right? Because if we, if we, um, you know, if we just offer something for free, people are like, "Oh yeah, download that ebook," and then they never yeah. do anything with it. So, no, so we want you to, yeah, absolutely, we want you to 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 to, to purchase the product, use this code. Uh, it's anthved. So anthved. Head over to ved.gumroad.com. Uh, if you're interested in the product hunt masterclass, you're going to learn the process to how how to successfully launch. Your campaign and generate value, uh, you know, for for the community and your organization on Product Hunt. Um, this is from uh, so Ved launched Lead Delta on Product Hunt. We can see on the screen here. Um, I'm on the Product Hunt page. You know, they got number one product of the day on on May 30th for 2021. 630 upvotes, which is really cool. But I think something that's really what I see is really valuable from this experience is just the amount of comments and feedback you're getting on this page, like particularly from people who have tested the, the product or have used it um, or, or, you know, go sign up for a trial or whatever it may be, um, you know, like, and you, even like this statement from Alexandra, you know, my LinkedIn network is around 2.5K connection. And since I've installed LinkedIn, I've seen, seen an increase in client interaction, right? So now you, you can, like, that's someone you can follow up with and say, hey, can you tell me more about that, that experience, right? Like, There's you know, yeah. It's 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 a great point. So there's there's over 600 comments uh, and and 60 reviews overall. But for some reason, uh, it's it's showing me here in the dashboard 33 reviews. But it doesn't matter. The whole point is exactly what you're saying. It's Sunday, guys, and and it's usually a slow day on Product Hunt. And look how many people engaged. And 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 let's be very clear here. If you don't ask your network to support you, uh, you know you're not going to do anything. So you gotta have like, you know, 30, 50 fans that already like your product that will support you on that day. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't need support because then you're going to lose. You're, you're going to ask, like, how are all these people getting so much feedback and so much love? But then that becomes a snow snowball effect, right? Because then a lot of people are coming here and they're interested in what's going on and, and you know, how how's this work? So, I mean, one, one of the guys, he's actually a really good guy. Uh, he, uh, Stefan, uh, from 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 Germany, uh, they have a successful VC product, and so he said it feels like Bitcoin in 2012. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> this is probably the best feedback I ever got for Lee Delta. You know, he's like, it feels like Bitcoin in 2012. So like, okay, love it, love it's it. Awesome. That's awesome, man. All right, so we've, uh, I mean, look, 
go check out the course, guys. Again, it's um, uh, ved.gumroad.com. Uh, use the code ANTHVED, first 20, get an awesome deal. Um, and then, um, yeah, show show Ved some love as you want to le learn all this stuff. Um, and then Lead Delta is the site for the products. You can actually go to leaddelta.com. Uh, I've got it up on the screen here. And I think there's a, there's a, you can try it out for, for a week or five days or something. Um, definitely, I've used it uh, when I had a LinkedIn account. I loved it. Um, and, uh, once I get back on LinkedIn, I, I'm sure I'll be using it again. Um, but just, just quickly, just give us the 60-second the, the pitch on, on Lead Delta and why people who are on LinkedIn might want to use it. Well, Lead Delta is your social capital manager. Uh, Lead Delta will, will allow you to, to tag your connections, to organize your network, and instead of just cold-blooded pitch uh, to first-degree connections and then never coming back to them again, this is actually allowing you to, to organize the connections, make sense of them. And so when, when you're launching a new product, when you need feedback, when you want to help somebody or you want to get some help, you can actually go to a product and easily reach out to these people uh, and stay in touch. Because again, I don't know any a single successful person that does not have a strong network behind them, um, you know, whether that's very public or very narrow niche. So, so yeah, that's you know, that's that's what we're trying to do at the moment. Very simple LinkedIn overlay uh, kind of type of product, but our our mission is is huge, and what we're trying to do with it is 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 basically spans across the next five years. So, um, hopefully, we get there with your help. Oh, absolutely. Now, just to clarify for those who are LinkedIn users, uh, does this replace Sales Navigator or is this a complement to Navigator? Perfect question. It's very complementary. So if you if you so let's put it this way, Sales Navigator sits before Lead Delta, right? So you want to use Sales Navigator because LinkedIn has by far the most data. You can filter search. You can do a whole bunch of different things. Uh, once you actually accomplish that and you make a connection, then you want to bring uh, people to Lead Delta because uh, some people have asked like, well, Sales Navigator has tags. Well, they don't have any more. They, they, they killed tags like a, a year and a half ago. So, so basically you go to Lead Delta to, to make sense of your inbox, to make sense of your connections with tags, notes, uh, and, and the ability to reach out with the same message to multiple uh, uh, connections that you have. So these are just tiny things that you can do um, also, if you've been on LinkedIn like myself for like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years, uh, you probably have a lot of inactive connections. Inactive connections are killing your reach because they're not engaging. They're just inactive, uh, but they're killing the, 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 the percentage of people that engage. So you probably want to remove those connections. Now, how do you find them? Well, there's different strategies, but once you do, you can use Lead Delta to actually remove multiple connections all at once. So, um, so a lot of people praise that feature. Uh, so, so that's why I'm mentioning it. Um, so okay. yeah, yeah, really, really useful function. I mean, I, I, I get it. When you have to make, <laughs> yeah, just just dead, dead connections. I'm um, not too happy, but yeah, but like, people keep talking about that feature. So there you go. I, I have to, I have to promote it. That's a useful one. Uh, does this? Um, Oh, what was coming to my mind? Okay, automation, right? So LinkedIn, they have a crack. They have a crackdown on automation tools. Uh, you know, is this does this classify as one of those tools? Is there a risk of getting account banned if you're using Lead Delta? Right. So, so I'll I'll give you I'll give you a very quick a quick overview. Why not? Um, so, like when we started the business, like I, I don't want to do any business where I can get permanently banned for doing it or whatever, right? So. So instead of us going into automation, my profile getting banned and us making a lot of money, we said, let's try and do something more difficult, right? And I still don't know if we're crazy for doing that or not. But the whole point is 
The whole point is, um, as long as you give us permission to manage your first degree connections, that's good. And 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 on our on, on help.leadelta.com, that's one of the first articles. So you can read the paragraph from LinkedIn's website that actually says, uh, you know, if if you give permission to people to 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 you know to a third party to manage your first degree connections, it's almost like you know giving your business cards and showing them to your friend. Like I mean, that's that's basically what it is. Um, and and the best part is is for instance, if you are not allowing me to see your email and phone number, Lee Delta won't scrape it. We can't get to that. So, and so that that's it. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of business cases where, where you know, we had a chat with LinkedIn multiple times. Uh, we're still in the business. I'm still on LinkedIn. Uh, thankfully, I love the platform. I love the community. Uh, and we don't want to jeopardize that community. We want to we wanna help them thrive. Thousand percent, and that's something that that's uh, since we first had a chat. Like I think that's something that's resonated with me. Just your intention around you know building a, a quality product that works with LinkedIn. You're not trying to get people banned or anything like that. Um, now, for those of our listeners who actually, I mean, a lot of them are already using CRM tools, right? So whether the uh, where where does this how does this connect to a CRM tool if they're using like a HubSpot or whatever it may be. Amazing question. So, so we we uh, so my my previous business we use PipeDrive. This business I I use HubSpot. Um, love both products. And so we 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 understand we're not trying to replace your CRMs. Uh, you know, Lead Delta can act as a CRM to an individual. Uh, we want to allow you to be able to plug in and out your data, right? Because this is your data, um, and you should be able to plug in and out of any CRM. So um, currently, you can use Zapier. We're very adamant on, on on using Zapier because we think it's a great tool. It's 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 an easy peasy integration into you know AutoClose, PipeDrive, HubSpot, all these tools. Um, so so it, it works like magic. So most of our users that are on on on, on HubSpot or PipeDrive, they use this to ship their data into into CRMs and, and basically continue the, the further organization of their contacts and 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 strategies and, and and data. So but in the future, what we're trying to build is we want to get more data sources because we believe every individual in 2022, we have so much data sitting in different silos, right? Like, you know, sitting in Gmail, sitting in spreadsheets. We want to allow you to bring all that data into Lead Delta and then use it in Lead Delta if you want to. But if you don't want to, take it to any of your CRMs and manipulate it there. We basically want to get the data, extract the signals into wherever you are, Slack, Gmail, CRM, wherever you are. Yeah, I like to focus on social signals because they're that's huge, and I, I can tell right. that you've <laughs> really invested in social selling and then understanding how you know, how those dynamics work. Um, my final question on the product is just around training for people who are like, yes, we're going to go and sign up for the trial, leaddelta.com. We're going to jump in there, um, and then you know, like me when I first approached you and said, okay, how do I actually use this? Um, so, what, what kind of support? Yeah, what kind of support do you? you and your team provide around that i can see you've got a resources page on your site which is awesome um but beyond that is there anything else that that users can do to get support so there's there's a couple of things uh when you guys when you start running your SaaS startups or if you do have them you'll know that doing videos at an early stage startup is just horrible because the features keep changing screens keep changing so you have to keep doing videos but uh we are so a couple of things that we have for everybody so a there's there's a help center with a whole bunch of articles there's the onboarding.leadelta.com, which is which is another useful resource. Um, there's the uh, there's the uh, the checklist when you log in, 
the, the programmatic one and the one that you can use at your own pace. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, we do actually have a person that is available to you uh, Monday to Friday, uh, and you can actually, you know, talk to them and schedule a call because we do really care about you. We don't want to limit you to white glove onboarding where you really have to go through training. You don't have to, but you basically can uh, can can book uh, book a call and and just you know um, talk to one of us. That's amazing, man. Uh, just like breaking this down for people so they can see what's you know involved in in launching a SaaS product um, and sustaining one. So. Maybe sorry to drop. Maybe you shouldn't show that because when people see this, they'll be like, "Holy cow!" Like, I, I, like I'm not doing this, right? That's why I keep saying because I think I think by by taking auto close from from zero to one, I was like, mm, you know, this was a breeze. And then I started again at the beginning. I was like, "Wow, so much work to be done, right?" But I guess yeah. you kind of like that hustle and and you know, one thing at a time, guys. Like. That's why I keep saying you keep you gotta keep on releasing, you gotta keep on shipping, whatever you're doing. Like I, I just literally a lot of people ask me to build that course on Pranahan. So I said, like this weekend, you know, two times four hours, I'm gonna do it. And I did it. And it's not ideal, but it's good enough for a lot of people. And it's gonna answer a lot of questions. And now I keep adding to that course. I keep adding to Lead Delta. So it's really important to ship and release and then keep on adding. So do you, I mean, just uh, I'm curious, geek mind going on here, but do you have 90-day yeah. screens? How do you, how does your development team work in terms of product and feature releases? Oh, so so we we have a very, very precise cadence. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of my team. Uh, these guys are, are just awesome. Um, and and yeah, I just, just, I enjoy working with my people. Um, and so, so we, one of the things we do really well, we release every week. So we have a weekly cadence. So every week we need to ship something. I'll give you a secret, guys. Um, you, customers, or me of, of, as a customer of Auto Projects, I, uh, we don't know how complex certain features are. But we always like getting something new and seeing that our voice is being heard. So mm. because I noticed that, we started shipping on a weekly cadence. So every week we release something new and people are amazed, they're mind blown, they rave about us on LinkedIn every freaking day, there's someone tagging us somewhere. Um, and most most often than not, I miss the tags because like I can't be on top of everything. So the whole point is, um, you know, we release on a weekly basis, after 12 to 15 releases, we do one bigger launch and it's usually in beta. And then we keep adding to that feature, to that feature. We keep adding more smaller features. And again, every week we do something new. So that is our re releasing cadence. On Mondays, we have um, we have uh, uh, refinement calls. Uh, we have daily standups every day. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's really cool, man. So you talked about two teams in two different regions. Uh, how many sort of, can you give us a breakdown on how many developers you've got and, and who's in marketing, I guess you're in marketing and sales. Like, how does that look like? So, so, so right now, right now we have uh, three developers, well, two and a half, so, so to speak, because not everybody's full time, right? Like I, I'm still bootstrapped, so we have to optimize. Uh, and and, and the, the, the biggest challenge right now is time zones, in a way, uh, because we have we have uh, British Columbia, we have Vancouver, we have you know Toronto, Ottawa, and then we have uh, we have um, Serbia, right? Which is Central Eastern Europe. So it's you know kind of balancing those uh, is is a kind of challenge. Um, but uh, we try and do synchronous meetings as much as we can uh, to coordinate certain things, and then we use Slack, obviously, religiously, uh, publicly, transparently, um, so that people can coordinate. Um, then on the on the, 
on the marketing side, it's I, I have a, a person in marketing. I have a person uh, who is like generally growth, but but doing sales. Uh, we I have a, I have a customer experience person, um, and we just started hiring uh, uh, interns, uh, paid interns, uh, who are basically honestly getting a great opportunity to work at a startup. Uh, we don't ask for a resume. What we ask for is projects you work on and an essay. What are you interested in? What where you see your your future career? Like what what are you what are you you're interested about, right? And yeah. so 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 we started that. We have three amazing interns. You're gonna be seeing them around LinkedIn, um, and we're gonna scale that program because uh, yeah, it's it's I think it's a they, they're gonna they're gonna see how the startup is being operated. Some of them will stick around, um, and at the very least, uh, they're decently compensated. They're gonna learn a whole bunch. So so I think it's a win win truly. That's true. I mean, I really uh, admire just your approach to hiring people. Like, I think even that question, it's, it's don't give us, we're not looking to say a resume, but tell us, you know, give us an essay or, or explain why um, and where you're headed, right? And, and what, where do you see the opportunity and, and show us your portfolio? What have you done? And I've been right. saying that to a lot of young people lately because they, they, they ask me, you know, because I've been in the, a professional copywriter for over a decade now. Right. And they say, you know, how do I get started? And I said, honestly, to get started, start writing. Right. <laughs> and, and and find clients and write for free, whatever you need to do, but build your portfolio. Um, I'm sure as a developer, you you recommend sim a similar thing. Work on projects, yeah. like literally show people this is what I created. Right. Same thing, you know. Honestly, like it's it's just like it's a it, how we structure these interviews. It's like there's a little bit of theory, there's a little bit of stress testing, there's a little bit of like what you've done and whatnot. Show, show me the results and show me the the case studies. We usually like to pit people against each other. So we want to mm. bring uh, like three, four people to work together, see how they saw, how they act in a team. Uh, in all honesty, in a startup, it's really hard to run internships. Um, it's it's because, um, you know, you, you don't have enough support. So that's why I usually look for people who had some organization experience who I don't need to teach how to give feedback, how to run a project. You know, so I usually ask for a background in, in projects and organizations. Um, and one one tip that I would say I usually try and scare them on the first call. So I do like a 10, 15 minute phone call where it's basically me talking 80% of the time, talking to them how crappy startups are. <laughs> because, you know, like don't expect corporate parties, like don't expect, you know, like I keep talking about the problems because if you can hear them and you laugh and you're a little bit crazy, uh, you know, I know <laughs> that you're the right person for the startup, right? Because yeah. I'll need you to go to a battle with me. Like you can't be like, expecting like, uh, you know, uh, three hour mentoring sessions and like, you know, uh, corporate parties and whatnot. Like that's not what bootstrap startups are. So don't expect yeah. that. So I try to kill that in, in the room. Yeah, um, if, you, if you're but, expecting a, a WeWork party every Friday at the bar, yeah, I mean, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna happen. Go have that, like, you know, and do an Netflix show after. So, I mean, I'm not <laughs> in that, so. All right, man. We're going to look. I, would, I appreciate you for your time, just just your candidness and, and, and just sharing this journey with us. A um, couple of final questions for you. For someone who's really interested in learning more about um, the entrepreneur, entrepreneur journey, um, marketing, sales, whatever it is, what's been a key resource for you in your development? You know, whether it's a book, a podcast, a training, anything, what, what, what would you recommend someone check out if they want to get into product management? And, and Absolutely. What you do? So, so I, I've done a couple of different things. So what I, I would say, you know, if, if you go to YouTube, like there's a whole bunch of good resources, like, you know, even Y Combinator lectures on entrepreneurship. Actually, they do a lot of decent 
uh, videos. Uh, and I like the recent ones that, that they're doing together. I keep watching them myself and they just have a good laugh on, on these uh, uh, false beliefs and assumptions that young entrepreneurs have, or, you know, generally entrepreneurs who are just starting. So, so I think watching any, anything Y Combinator is, is good. Um, honestly, there's a whole bunch of good resources, but I would say reading some of the classics, uh, you know, from, from, you know, good to great, like reading some of the classics, such as, uh, you know, the hard thing about hard things and, you know, combining a theory, uh, listening to other people's journeys is very useful, like reading, reading biographies and whatnot, just learning about the struggles and how people perceive, uh, uh, persevered through them is, is very useful. Um, and, and then on the other hand, but don't overdo it. Like, if you're a copywriter, like there's only 1% of people that post once a week on LinkedIn. You go do that, you're in 1%. You have your resume built, right? You want to do, you want to build a product? You know, I, I told you, go figure out who you are and go find yourself a match. Like do that first experience as soon as possible. Like, you know, fail or succeed or whatever. Like just run into it. And then once you have a problem, then look for resources to solve that problem. Like don't... Um, you know, don't read too much in advance because you'll never do anything. So I think that is uh, that is what people often make mistake on. Like, you know, doing is is, is much higher value than than reading and, and whatnot. But I can I can definitely give you a couple of resources posted in the, on a YouTube or somewhere um, yeah. because uh, there's a whole bunch of good resources that I'm that I'm following. Those are awesome. Have you ever attempted to get into Y Combinator, or is that something on the roadmap for you? Um, uh, so. So you, you appreciate my candidness. So maybe I maybe I just continue that route. So, uh, so I did I did apply once. Uh, was it? I, I don't I don't even know, man. But I, I applied for one of these uh, new YCs, um, similar crew, a different fund, um, and I keep getting invited and, and rejected. And it's just like it's 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 annoying me because uh, you know you don't get a feedback, right? You don't yeah. get a feedback. And so, so that's why I would, I would recommend to everybody, um, like don't go to the most popular guy or a girl, you know, in, in a club, like <laughs> it's not gonna end up well, right? Uh, so there's like, there's, there's, I mean, in all honesty, there, money is so cheap right now. You focus on the results. And by the way, that's not the right way. This is my way. This is how I figure yeah. things out. You know, I'd much, much rather talk to my customers and get the results. Then, then you know, attempt to be famous in a in a in a two two year story of joining a big accelerator and then failing, right? Because eighty percent of the, the 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 incubants fail. Yeah, yeah, and they, you don't hear about yeah you don't really hear those stories. You hear about the Airbnbs and you hear about the you know the ones that do success, the unicorns. But um, well, you hear about the batch. Point. Yeah, yeah. You hear, you hear about the batch when they when they form it. Like you're like, oh, look at all these great 40, 400 startups or whatever. Because think about yeah. it, when YC started, they had like forty startups. Now they have four hundred or six hundred. Maybe I'm making mm. up the number, but look at the number. It's ten x over the years. So how much attention do you think you get? So, anyways, YC is amazing. I love consuming their materials, uh, but like there's different ways you can make money. Um, and if you're really doing something grandiose and 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 you know you have experience from before, for sure, seek some capital and seek some super famous people to help propel your mission. But if you're doing something like me, just uh, work with your customer. Yeah. Well, I, I think look, even for those who are going, who want to get on the accelerator path, um, just understand that you're exchanging that that support you're getting, you know, for equity. You're, 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 there's there's exchange, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's very different. Yeah. 
um, and, and there's requirements, there's terms. If you're going to exit, there's all these things that you need to understand from a legal standpoint. Um, and if you're bootstrapping like what Vet has, has done, you know, you kind of have more control over the journey and the process. Uh, and so it just really depends what, you, what you're looking for. Um, awesome way to wrap up, mate. Final question for you. We're going to circle back to the beginning of this conversation where you talked about moving to Ottawa. Um, yep. And, and you know, the, the main reason was to, to well, one, cost of living, but also um, more, just more time to focus, be with family, right. et cetera. Um, so what's one thing that you really you do on a regular basis to just um, to ground yourself, to, to, to um, really support your own mental well-being? Um, at the moment, you... Uh... Well, can you see it? Well, th this is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell us more. Well, <laughs> so that's so I, I used to meditate, and and that usually slows me down quite a bit, and, and maybe that's and it grounds me, and that maybe that's good. Uh, but I just I I just don't find the time to do it this you know this time around. And and it's it's in my case it's waves. I keep joking that my my business partner is just like this, like a straight line, no matter what happens. And I'm more like peaks and valleys right so that's why the more the more meditation is important in that case but uh but also like you know playing an instrument or doing sports or just reading like i have a whole bunch of books here and that i love reading um i, I just love autobiographies i love autobiographies and reading you know how people perceive themselves and their journeys and just that that like i love that um that helps me what's uh, the latest one you've read or you're currently reading uh, so I like I'm rereading the um, one of the the inventors inventors of of uh, same roots as, as as myself from from Serbia, Michael uh, Pupin, who um, you know basically invented a whole bunch of things. Uh, you know one of the key components of of what we use currently in in, in Wi-Fi networking and, and mobile. Um, you know and and he's one of those the, the great generations of before the Great War uh, World mm. War One. Uh, folks and um, you know who really been through a lot and and you know achieved a great respect um, uh, in the world and and basically you know um, it's just an amazing amazing journey of uh, how person persevered and kept his principles grounded from day one um, it's just just an amazing life story of it's called from immigrant to invent to an inventor and it was um, it's actually uh, it's a classic. And it was a mandatory read for uh, K twelve, I believe, in the U.S. Oh, really? Um, okay. So, uh, again, I'm not sure if that would be of interest to, to folks because you know probably probably would you know like there's there's a whole bunch of entrepreneurial stories and struggles, but uh, generally it's a very good book. Yeah, it's Pupin, uh, P U P I N. So it's yeah. Michael Pupin. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll share a link to that. I think definitely relevant for people. And for me, I, I'm glad that you shared that because. Um, I'm just tired of reading the same stories. Like, like yeah. how many times can you read about Elon Musk? Like how many times can you read about <laughs> God, right? Like, like we need to have uh, mentors and, and, and people that we look up to who are, you know, not so famous, um, oh, yeah. but have done tremendous things in, in their fields, right? So I think that uh, that that's awesome. Uh, that right there is a, it's a value bomb, man. Like what you just said is just, that's, that's it. And because, because people keep looking up to Bill Gates before and now Elon Musk and whatnot. But like there are thousand steps in front of you. Look at the three, four steps in front of you. Look at, look at, you know, like, I don't know, like we talked about Absom. Look at Noah Kagan, right? You know, he's, you know, what he achieved, like it's probably achievable by you. So like try to get to that stage, then get to the next stage, whatever, whatever stages mean for you in your life. Uh, but also like reading the classics, I think like there's nothing better than that. I mean, also Henry Ford has an awesome autobiography. I'm also listening to that one. I'm not reading that one. Um, mm. 
was my invention. Like, I don't know how it's called. It doesn't matter. But um, it's Henry Ford's autobiography, one and only. So uh, it's just amazing, like amazing book. You, you you listen to that guy and you're like, nothing is freaking new. We're so right. boring as a civilization. It's just like we're so boring because nothing is ever new. Like his thoughts on marketing, car building, electrical vehicles, you know, and and, and when it was first, uh, first inception of electrical vehicle. It's just read that and, and, and you know, enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, that's a really cool point. Like we 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 get uh, there's a fantasy, right? Like, oh, check out all these new things, Bitcoin yeah. and, and all crypto and all these things coming. And then you and then you Wi-Fi and satellite networks and, you know, all these things. And, and then you think about, well, how much have humans really changed? Like we still yeah. deal with personal issues. We deal with divorces and marriages and kids and all these things. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and until the you know yeah love it love it okay man look vet appreciate you being on today you've been awesome uh, love the story for everyone hey jump over to leaddoctor.com start your trial if you want to you know level up your social selling uh, really you know just do, do amazing things with LinkedIn and connecting and building your, your network um, and also we'll link to that course as well if you want to check that out and, and learn how to product you know launch your SaaS on on product hunt um, and go through that masterclass vet you've been awesome mate thanks for joining us. Awesome questions, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Hope you got something practical that you can go away and apply in your business. Now, as a thank you for being such an amazing listener, I've got something cool to share with you right now. Are you looking for a way to grow your B2B business or software company? Well, how about learning some of the best tips for content marketing, connecting with potential partners, and pitching your business? Well, if that's you and it sounds great, I invite you to join us on our upcoming B2B content marketing Q&A and speed dating podcast party. This is a live Zoom call for our community members and listeners to our podcast that can come along and you'll get to interact, learn something new, and then also have a chance to get expert advice and make valuable connections. All right, the session will be recorded and uh, published on our Authentic Influence podcast. All right, so register now and join us live on Zoom. The next event is coming up in a few weeks' time. Just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast party. That's simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast party to register. There's only 15 spots. So if you want to jump in, uh, go ahead and do that today. Hope to see you there real soon. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there and also if you are a conscious entrepreneur got a professional services business working b2b uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up serving others and being real then i invite you to join my authentic influence warriors facebook group uh, if you want to do that just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community okay Thanks for joining in and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co. 